0: Listeners and fellow travelers of the world, greetings from Lovecraft Country, a Chilo radio.com original series, PapiChilo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, August 18th, 2020, and I am your host and tour guide, Derek Anthony. As we travel through Lovecraft Country, we're going to explore and dissect the latest episode of the HBO series, but I'm not going to do this by myself. Please welcome my co-host, Jeffrey Arruz.
1: Welcome listeners, children of the night. Love that song. Priscilla Rocha.
2: Ooh, I like that flair at the end. Hey, everybody.
0: And Vanetta Berry. Hi,
2: y'all.
0: Let me open the guidebook so that we can explore Season 1, Episode 1, which was titled Sundown and aired August sixteenth, 2020. Here is the official travel diary of our itinerary. Veteran and pulp function aficionado Atticus Freeman travels from the Jim Crow South to his south side of Chicago hometown in search of his missing father, Montrose. After recruiting his Uncle George and childhood friend Letitia to join him, the trio sets out for Ardham, Massachusetts, where they Think Montrose may have gone, looking for insight into Atticus's late mother's ancestry. As they journey across the Midwest, Tick, Lita, and George encounter dangers lurking at every turn, especially after sundown. All right. Well, I'm not going to ask if anybody has ever seen this before, because it was the first episode ever. But I do want to know what everybody's initial take on it was. Let's start with...
2: Priscilla. So, I know a bit about Lovecraft from his stories, but I know nothing about Lovecraft Country from the books. because I haven't read the book. So, to start off with that, like, beautiful, like, scene was just, I don't know, it was trippy and beautiful and just everything I expected from this show. And then to have it go into stuff like Sundown Towns, which I had I, never heard of before. and Really? yeah it just made my heart like boil like with all of this like I don't know just the whole feel that like we have monsters in this show but the racism is what really is the monster of this show like it, it it's really gonna get you and my god I love I just I love it this is probably my favorite pilot I've seen ever I,
0: oh, I just oh. I loved it Jeffrey what about you
1: Wow! I I love uh, I, I I that was fantastic. Uh, I loved it as well. Uh, I believe this is gonna become my new obsession because it was so good. I found myself just wanting to research more about like what we were seeing because I'll be honest, I'm not that familiar with Lovecraft. I I know some of his works. Like I I've seen some. Um, visual interpretation of it, whether it's on a television series or in film, and uh, I had heard of the book, but I have not read the book. So, uh, so seeing you know them interpret some of the Lovecraftian type of things was really interesting. Uh, just to sort of keep it in just generalities, because I know we're gonna dive deep into. A whole bunch of, a whole bunch of. But I love that the show was unapologetically black. It was hashtag black AF. It was, um, it, it it delved deep into racism in a way that typically isn't seen in media, period, because typically it's white people creating uh, the media, and so having black people in the writer's room in uh, some of the uh, more um, important and prominent positions on a show clearly help because uh, the way that they handled it was all up in your face, and uh, I agree with Priscilla, It, it is one if not the biggest horror on the series. And another point that I want to make that I just really, really liked was the fact that we got to see not just black sexuality, sensuality, and romance on screen, but we got to see grown black sensuality and sexuality on screen. Uh, I thought that was beautifully done, and and kudos for the show for doing it, because we don't really see it as much on TV or on film so overall i'm saying all of that to say it was fantastic it was an hour and 10 minutes and it felt like a movie but this is a tv show or is it it's hbo what is the? what was the tagline it's not tv it's hbo there you go (laughs) okay
0: um vanetta i know that you are a little skittish when it comes to horror so thank you for (laughs) taking this ride with us um What did you think about the
3: episode? Um, Two things. I I really enjoyed the the episode. Um, I was very um, apprehensive in the beginning because I don't trust Jordan Peele. He (laughs) keeps lulling me in with, ooh, it's it's a movie. It's woke. It's this. And then it's scary as hell. Get Out gave me nightmares for a very long time. Um us gave me nightmares and I had to like oh my god, it took me forever to actually watch it. And so this is the first time I have embarked on one of his um pieces in the immediate without oh, having her. the the buzz around it, without anyone convincing me that it's not as bad as I think it's going to be.
1: Mm.
3: And I will say it's not the monsters that had the biggest impact on me. It was the racism. It was just jarring and awful and made me feel like unclean. And, um, I appreciate that this is a piece that's out there in the world because many people think that, um, wow, we're so much better than that, but, eh. <laughs> ah. so that's where I am. Um, I'm excited to take this journey. I'm excited that I'm not doing it by myself because that would really... um, I probably wouldn't watch this until all the thing is out, until I have time to listen to everyone else's commentary and then watch it. So, Y'all are helping me be brave.
0: And we are here for you. We will hold your hand as much as possible.
1: Yes. But at some point, we might have to make you run like poor Journey did.
0: Um... I really enjoyed it. I heard about this project a while ago. Um, I enjoy Jordan Peele's work. I think that he looks at the world from a very interesting point of view. Um, and this is no different whatsoever. And it does make you question, which monster are you more afraid of? Definitely. Um, yeah, Absolutely. And and, it's, and it is for real black. So, you know, I'm always down for anything that's for real, for real black. All right. So before we start our journey through Lovecraft Country, we're going to get some announcements uh, from our announcement. Here we go. Be back in a minute.
4: Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions? suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for greetings from Lovecraft Country and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Okay.
0: I don't like to do point by point um, of what happens in the show. I like to hit major theme. So I do want to start with the opening because the opening gives us our whole, the opening gives us our, background for which we are going to, our our blank canvas for which we are going to color on.
2: Who else was blown away by the opening?
3: Me.
1: Yes.
2: Man, that opening was an allegory to what he was going through when he went to war, wasn't it? Right? Plus, like, the whole Princess of Mars, like, adding, adding in, like, a scene in there with the Lovecraft like monsters and stuff. Like I, I got that, but like it, it brought up Jamie Chung for a reason. Like as the
1: Princess of Mars. Shout out to Jamie Chung
2: and Jackie Robinson.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Is that Sulu? You pronounce it? Sulu? Sithulu? Sulu? No, Sithulu? That, that's a Lovecraft Sithulu. monster. That's, yeah. Yeah, the monster was fantastic. I mean, it was, it it was. It was his life story, in essence. It it was him and the war. It was him and his fascination with these pulp fiction, um, uh, this pulp fiction genre. It was, uh, uh, you know, having you know a black hero, Jackie Robinson, save the day. I mean, it was it was everything. It visually. But the Jackie Robinson thing. So the Jackie Robinson thing. I think.
0: Was a little more than just having this black hero saved today. Atticus is the representation in the service, in this war, I guess, of what Jackie Robinson is. Mm-hmm. Because as we later learn, you know, a reporter wanted to interview him about being a black man Correct. in this war. Yes, uh, yeah. So I think he kind of sees himself as a jab Jackie
1: Robinson-esque archetype. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. But it was visually impressive. Like, the the CGI of everything. There's so much to see. It's definitely a scene that needs to be rewatched just to pick up on everything that's going on. Because it's it's just visually stunning and strange all at the same time.
0: I love how the uh, color fades in.
1: Yes. I
2: was just thinking that like not even Jackie Robinson can overcome the immortal elder god, so it's kind of like as much as far as like Jackie Robinson can go, like the horror that like white supremacy makes, like mm. he, he he can't overcome that.
0: Absolutely, Zanetta?
3: I was thinking um, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, it's a flashback, you know, and it had the like the the film projector sound and it was kind of scratchy and it was black and white. And I was like, Oh, very interesting. And then I see a flare in bright orange and I was like, what? Okay. Now what's happening? And so I felt like that transition visually was very gorgeous and, and sexy. Um, It just really went well as they, as the screen, um, the camera panned up and we could see the battlefield was not what we expected, and um, and then the princess comes down. I just thought that that was just also beautiful. And as a body painter, um, I just wanted to point out that her body paint is really awesome. And okay. they have done some projections on it, um, some you know post production type of stuff, and it's moving. So, like, you can see, like, it's it's a red skin, but when he she hugs him, you can see that there's like something under the skin moving. I thought, oh my god, this is so awesome! I need this job. If you're listening, Jordan Peele, you could hire me as a body painter, and then I will forgive you for scaring me. You're saying <laughs> oh,
0: okay. we're going to make sure that your work gets in front of Jordan Peele's eyes. That is one of my new missions in life. Yay! So our next uh, big motion is after the after the flashback uh, dreamscape. Our main character wakes up on the bus um, as they are leaving Kentucky. Now, I don't know if anyone has ever made the journey from Kentucky to Chicago by car before. Nope. Other than me, I have. Uh, it's a seven-hour trip by car. In 2012 So In 1954 I can only imagine It was a 12 hour trip Uh, And then the bus breaks down And we get to see our first real We get our first real taste of Us and them Was anybody surprised they got left
3: behind? I wasn't surprised But I was really annoyed That they the bus driver could have at least You know said, look, y'all not coming with us, so y'all need to get to step in. And, you know, because her stuff couldn't be taken off. He literally waited. He didn't wait because he was waiting to see if he was going to get a ride. He waited because he knew that she needed to get her stuff off. I thought that was a very um gentlemanly thing to do. Like, it shows he has good home training. Well,
0: I think people were, I mean, I think black people looked out for a lot, for each other a lot more back then.
3: Absolutely. But I just, like I said, it would have been more compassionate. I mean, I don't want to make the assumption that all races have the equal level of racism. But in this instance, y'all knew y'all wasn't going to give us a ride. You could have just let us get our stuff. We could have been walking already, Mm -hmm. you know, for however long it took for that pickup truck to show up.
0: Because here's the thing. They didn't walk to Chicago. Chicago. Like I said, I've done that drive before. As a matter of fact, I've been on a bus that broke down on that road, or probably not that road, but on that trip from Kentucky to Chicago. There's a lot lot of empty Illinois space between the Kentucky border and Chicago. So who knows where they had to walk to. There's a whole story in there
1: that Mm -hmm. we never got. Yeah. And I really liked her.
0: Yeah, I hope to see her again.
1: Yeah, she was good. Uh, she was just, she was quick, uh, you know, in, in just everything. Like, she she was a great companion for him, especially because we're just getting to know his character. So mm-hmm. to have him bounce off of her and to have her, in essence, challenge him was really good for him as a character because we got to get to know a little bit of where his mind is at so it was a really nice introduction to him so I hope you know in Chicago you know they just run into each other at some point I think that'd be really pretty nice Yeah, I I can't
0: imagine where else she I mean once she got to Chicago there were only there were very segregated neighborhoods so if she didn't wind up in that neighborhood it had to be one nearby
3: I want to say, um, when we see the first visuals of Chicago, why am I looking at the L going, the L looks so old that that shot could have been done today, and it doesn't even make a difference because so little has changed about how the lines look. Mm -hmm. I mean, except for, like, where the platforms are, all of the underside looks the same in most neighborhoods.
0: (laughs) I so I saw that because I grew up in Chicago, I grew up mm-hmm. on the South Side of Chicago. I don't know. I I know I know that background shot when they do the establishing shot of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I just can't place where it is right now. But I've seen it before. I know it, and you I see wish I could figure out where light. they shot this. You think so? Yeah,
3: but I just I'm just tripping on how old the L. Looks or how timeless the L looks I guess that's more appropriate
0: because Yeah, because it, it still looks, looks the same. pretty much the same Yeah
3: <laughs> And it's just as loud
0: <laughs> <laughs> So we get to Chicago And we meet George And Hippolyta and Hippolyta <laughs> Hipp- I'm sorry, Hippolyta And Black Love Older Black Love hmm which is something as jeffrey said earlier
2: you don't get to see it on
0: television
2: but you do get to see it on hbo which if it can cash in a sex scene anywhere it's gonna do it
0: but it was just wonderful to see i mean they were just they were clearly playful and in love he was
1: clearly and, playing with something and the walls are thin mm-hmm. women got fingered in the 1950s right vanetta People got fingered all the time. Yeah.
0: The only thing would have been what would have been better is she had turned around and fingered him.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe not in the 1950s. Um, it was
3: happening then. You I know, I know, but it's, that don't was the gag. I know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll talk. I'm sure he, he has a question about that.
0: You know what? Not really. I mean, it was what it was. I, you, you know what? I take that back. I do have a question about that. Um. But before we go, to, I want to talk about black women and how black women then, how black women now hold us up. Because we discover that even though George goes out and, gets the, and writes these notes and everything for the travel guide that he does, his wife actually writes the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Hippolyta is a down-ass chick. Loved her. I, I I just... She was spectacular. Like, I got really interested in really learning her story. And uh, the episode takes us far away, so we didn't really get much of her in the episode. But having her be such a strong woman next to a strong man and, like, her having his back, and both of them worried for one another. I mean, clearly it's the 1950s, so, um, you know, they were going to be worried based off of, you know, things outside of their neighborhood and and, in lands with much paler skin. But just seeing them together, it was just so beautiful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so let's jump to the... uh to the part you just mentioned, the bar, when Atticus goes to the bar to try to look for uh, some clues about his dad. And they send him... Well, first of all, before they send him in the back, they tell him that the bar is closing early for the party that's starting later. Did anybody else find that odd that they wouldn't let him
3: come in? I found it odd at first, but then I think the exposition let me know like why he may have not been... As, you know, part of that community.
0: You think yeah, it was because of the-
3: I can see
2: why they didn't let him in after the fact of what happened. Like, they were trying to keep what the boss is doing, like, under wraps. And they were just kind of,
1: like, bars closed. Although he was doing it in the alley. Which, I'm like, yeah. how under wraps is that? In the middle of the damn day.
0: hmm and clearly, there was another entrance because that's where dude ran off to once they got caught.
1: He ran through the alley to the street, so anyone crossing mm-hmm. the alley could have seen. Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that's it. That's a whole other situation by itself. What I thought was really important about the scene, and that's why I was wondering if you were going to ask a question about it, is because I, I think in a lot of on in a lot of TV work. Especially when it's dealing with black people. Uh, at times, uh, writers uh, sort of forget about showing black homosexuality, in in, yeah. in essence. Or even just uh, sexuality that's not heteronormative. Heteronormative. And uh, the fact that they included it... But they're including it on a show that takes place in 1954, I think is really important. Because we have people watching it and and seeing it. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes, especially when you start going down the rabbit hole of facebook posts and that type of thing you know it feels like some people think that people didn't start being gay until marriage equality like all of a sudden like a rainbow came from the sky and dropped all the gay people on earth And, and they forget that homosexuality has been around since the beginning and so it was really interesting to see on a show that is unapologetically black and to to show uh black homosexuality, even though it is the nineteen fifties so it is in essence on the down though, and that type of thing, but it was still it was interesting that they included that element
3: I think the more interesting part is that they included it as just part of the texture of the neighborhood yeah that it wasn't there wasn't this big oh my gosh, he's doing this thing, there wasn't a big like um They're just what it just it was just part of the texture of the things that he saw in his neighborhood period. And I like that because I that makes that normalizes the fact that yes, everybody does their thing and we all have human bodies and we exist just like the sex scene with the parents um, with Hippolyta and um, and George, how it was a thing. But it wasn't such a big thing that when he came in, you know, like when Atticus came in, it wasn't like, oh, look, you messed us up, you know, part of life. When you have people in your life and kids and, you know, like adult sex is different than teen sex. It's not, you know, you kind of have to rush things. You, you know, you kind of have to be sneaky about it and, and all of the things. So I just, I just love the normality of all of the the textures that he saw in his neighborhood, even the kids playing in the in the water fountain yeah, that was my favorite.
0: In the fire hose in the, in the uh, fire, hose, yeah. uh, fire hydrant, yeah. Which I I I thought they were going to go when the when the kids were playing in the fire hydrant, and the cop came and turned the hydrant off. I thought they were going to go a little deeper into that, and they didn't. So I guess that was just one of those things.
2: I thought they were going to get
0: in trouble. Oh, has anybody played in a fire hydrant before? I other did than when me?
3: I was a kid.
0: Okay, I did too. And but, the city does frown upon it, but again, especially then, and even so now, with the lack of public pools or anything like that, mm-hmm. and when it's really hot, that's the only way you have to cool off.
2: Yeah, but that cop was white, and I was just kind of like, oh my god,
3: no... But I mean if you notice if you when you watch Do the Right Thing, same type of scene is what the kids are using to cool themselves off is a fire hydrant. And so in many neighborhoods, like Derek was saying, it's it's like that. Even though yes, the cop was white, there's so little like I I think that kind of proves that, yeah, he turned it off. Shoo, 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 get away, you kids, and then left. And then what did they do when he left? They turned it right back on. They turned it back on. They had a whole tool
0: ready just to turn it back on. So
3: I thought that was kind of cool, actually.
0: Indeed, indeed. All right, let's jump to the introduction of Leticia Laddie, who shows up with a camera and a small bag. she got a lot of clothes to have showed up with that
3: small bag. Well, her clothes are really tiny, too, so...
0: Her clothes, yeah. They probably... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Vanetta, I want to ask you first, what did you think about the introduction, not the introduction, but the conversations between Letty and her sister?
3: Um, well, that was real. There's so much shade, so much like, well, I'm just telling you a fact. I'm not trying to uh, make this a big thing, but you did because you said it. Um, It was very much bigger sister, younger sister. And then also first thing I noticed between Letty and her sister, and then also we see Letty and her brother is that Letty has a very different complexion Mm -hmm. than her siblings, which I'm sure has also caused a lot of that underlying um, resentment. And then add insult to injury is that she also has a very different um, outlook. She's obviously yo- the youngest, and she's obviously you know done some traveling that they have not, and also has um, you know some bougie that she doesn't want to be a maid. She wants to be a photographer, and that's kind of unheard of during that time, where black girls had like a very very limited amount of um, job options and the white part of the world. If they were, you know, in their own community, they could, you know, have a little bit more flexibility, but outside of our community, very little. And I just thought, okay, yeah, Letty's not going to be able to stay there. she got to go find some monsters, uh, (laughs) because poor Letty. (laughs) Was that wrong? Sorry. I also have a crush on Letty, just so you know. Oh, well, that's going to
0: be very interesting come later. Priscilla, Jeffrey, any thoughts about Letty and her
1: sister? Okay. Uh, I liked them. Uh, I, I really liked Ruby a little bit more than Letty, if I'm being fully honest. And I love Journey. Uh, Journey is someone that I've watched uh, grow up on screen. We're, we're about the same age. So, you know, she was always on screen when I was a kid. You know, she was one of the kids on screen and that kind of stuff. So uh, seeing her in anything always makes me happy. Uh, I, I did have the tiniest of problems of sort of, because it seems like in essence she's going to be one of the heroines of the production, that the heroine is a, a light-skinned black woman, just because colorism and, and that sort of thing. And, and I did hear an interview with one of the writers where she had a problem with that as well. Um, so, which I thought was really interesting, um, but Journey can act, she was, she was good, uh, I thought Ruby, though, was really interesting, and I was like, I need more of her backstory as well, uh, I, I thought the dialogue between them, um, they didn't really discuss colorism, but they discussed colorism, um, mm-hmm. I, I thought the telling line was uh, when they were talking about, "Oh, I'm just gonna walk into that department store and get that job," and uh, you know, even though Ruby had been applying for as long as she has mm-hmm. been, yeah. uh, Letty will probably get that job because she's light skinned. Mm-hmm. You know, it it I mean, it's it's sad because it's the 1950s, but it's you know, it's all it's the house versus the field. And it's something that's just, it's ingrained in the United States mentality because slavery is the original sin. And even to this day, this is 1954 that we're watching. Well, they filmed this in, in well, 2019, I would assume. But, you know, it's, we're watching a depiction of 1954. But mm-hmm. even still in 2020, you know, that mentality, it's still around. I mean, colorism has not disappeared. Uh, and uh, it's because America has never really properly addressed its original sin.
0: All very true. Priscilla, you were going to say? I
2: was just going to say that, I don't see everybody addressed the points I was going to make. I, I just, as side notes, I just wanted to say that, like, the music they both made was heavenly. It was awesome. And it was, it stood in contrast to the fact that the show itself plays modern music in some points of the series. And I found that, like, just an interesting contrast. And the whole dynamic with her sister brought up the mother and the fact that she didn't go to the funeral. And there's a story there behind that. It has to be more than just, oh, I was busy there has to be something to the to the fact that you didn't go to your own mother's funeral
0: well since you brought that up brought that and up. we because it, it comes in some of that comes in later but we'll jump to that now come back so at some point in the story we wind up at marcus's house um in massachusetts massachusetts i think yes. that's where he is and that is the brother and this conversation comes up again. So you get a little more detail about what happened. You don't get the full story, but you get a little more detail with her and Marcus arguing about why she didn't make it to the mother's funeral.
3: I got the impression that it had to do with like, she asked for money from Marcus and then, um, and then she actually needed the money to get some friends out of jail. I had a feeling that there was more to that story, more like um, she needed to get herself out of jail and was too embarrassed to say it. That's what I drew from the conversation, which we didn't get to hear all of because then here comes George and Tick talking. I'm like, shut up, I'm trying to there's hear. Two,
0: there's two family <laughs> conversations happening at the same time, which upset okay. the hell out of me. And
3: I was like, what? I want to hear their their drama.
1: Yeah. They were not nosy enough for all of us. They well, they were, already like, knew the drama. Well, yeah, that's true. But they needed to, they well, needed they to hear, simmer down. I did
0: hear her say something to the effect of, to, to her brother, to Marcus. I did hear her say something to the effect of the way Mama treated me. So yeah. I think her showing up was a little more about their relationship her
4: and
2: the mother That it was yeah. about anything they're, At one point they're like You You all try to act like she's some saint And right. I remember that And I was just kind of like Oh shit you're talking about your mom like that And she's dead damn That, that must mean that like She really fucked you up didn't she <laughs> <laughs> But that's true
0: We have a tendency To satirize people After they pass Um, and that's not necessarily good. Like, I I think nobody's taking her pain again. I don't know what happened, but I think Ruby and Marcus are not taking her pain into account. I think that they are just coming down on her between the colorism issues that they have and the fact that she's the youngest sibling and the fact that they have both sent her money and she's been able to like she's just been she they've been a they've been they live a life where they have to live a certain way because of their color and their size here she is a little light skin waif of a girl who has got to travel and do whatever she wants to do and and be bougie and 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 have flights of fancy and everything. And I suspect they probably um, have a little resentment towards her for that.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. I was just expecting her to do like a, um, you ain't nothing but a big fat heifer. Just because, you know. Oh, my God. Every time I see that type of dynamic in an (laughs) old-timey movie, it just puts me in the place of color purple. And I'm like, are y'all going to do it? Y'all going to do it? Please do it. Oh, my God, please
0: I'm, do glad. It. I'm glad she didn't do it. <laughs> didn't do it. Didn't. I think she really does love her siblings. Yes.
1: Yeah, but I loved
0: Ruby. To, she yeah.
1: she was giving me, American Idol fans, she was giving me Frenchie Davis
0: realness. I didn't see it.
1: Okay, well, you I don't have to.
0: That one is lost on me. Okay, so before we leave Chicago, I want to talk a little bit about... um when tech goes to his dad's house and we see a few things.
1: Mm Hmm. Jeffrey, what did you see? I saw the car immediately. And I was like, one of these things is not like the other. I was like, what is that car doing there? Like, that car, I I stared at the car when I watched it the first time. I rewound it to look at the car again. I was like, what is this car? Because they had talked about how the father disappeared in this car. And I was like, that's the car. And I'm like, what's mm-hmm. the car doing there? So I saw that. I noticed um the... The walls had a particular dent in it that was really interesting. Um, so I was like, something happened. And we ended up getting the answer to that later on. And uh, I don't know if I noticed anything else. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they um, well, they showed us the books. Uh, you know, we know that the, uh, it seems like the entire family is uh, really, uh, they, they find literature really important. Which is good. Um, so that was interesting, and the fact
2: considering they're named Hippolyta and Atticus, they have to be. They have to name literature really important. Well, yes, yeah, Get but um, uh,
1: but it was interesting the type of literature because clearly George and uh, Atticus they're more into like the pulp fiction type of literature where we have um, Montrose. With uh, more of like a a uh, literary classic, uh mm-hmm. with the Count uh Monte Monte Cristo, so that was interesting. Like the juxtaposition of, you know, um, just the types of literature. I thought that was interesting, and then the phone call. I mean, you know, I was like, what the hell does that mean? Oh yeah, the Korean phone call. Yes, uh, which I was like, all right, nineteen fifty four. You could just, you know. Murray Hill nine zero nine nine. You could just you know call up North Korea no long distance. I mean where the hell is? It
3: was long distance. That's why he didn't talk very long. Oh okay.
1: Yeah. Well he didn't talk period because he looked like he was shooketh. And then the lady was like, "You should have gone home." And so it was like, "Oh, it was time to hang up." Beware, well, beware. Well. Yeah, I mean that you know usually That's when someone is Jamie like that Chung's you just hang voice, up. Wasn't it? It was Jamie Chung. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So So, this is what I noticed about the dance apartment. I mean, all of that other stuff, yes. There was two things that I noticed. One was we keep getting a symbol throughout the shop, because I think by now this was the third time I had seen it. We keep getting, if not a clock, but a circle with numbers around it. It showed up a couple different times, and sometimes it was a clock, sometimes it was something else, but it was always a circle with numbers around it. The other thing is wherever, whenever Montrose left, he left real fast. He left an open, he left an open bottle of liquor on the table. He left a half, uh, a glass with with uh, liquor still in it. And if he's the kind of drinker that everybody has accused him of being, I know a few drinkers. You don't do that. And you le- And he left that cigar that was not smoked. So whenever he got out of town, he got out of town quick. I like it. All right. So George and Letitia and Tick are uh, packing up Woody, and they've said goodbyes to everybody, and they've been given a comic book to read. From lovely Diana, and they are off and on their way on to the Midwest to update the, the the Negro Traveler's Guide.
3: May I just say before we go further that I am so excited because I've been thinking a lot about the Green Book since we've been, um, you know, quarantining and Black Lives Mattering, um, and the idea that that is the business that. Um, George is active in, which gives him the means to be able to travel and also be able to warn like, hey, don't go to this place. This is not a good place. And how his daughter makes the the, the drawings for each one, I just thought was so awesome. It was just...
0: I loved her drawings on the atlas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: those were so cute.
1: What um, an important terrifying. job. What a terrifying job as well. Yeah, that really says a lot about you
0: that and and they kind of you know go into it i do this to keep other people safe yeah. and it's cost him both of his kneecaps mm-hmm. yeah it, it costs marcus both of his kneecaps so you know that it, we talk about heroes and such but you know uh, people that do very little small things can be just as heroic yeah so we're off on the road and we get a little James Baldwin.
1: Mm-hmm. And Gordon Parks.
0: Um, and Gordon Parks, yes. I love that shot.
1: We got two of them, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Ice, I thought the ice cream stand was one of them.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought, too.
0: I know that outside of the colors only sign
1: Yeah, was one. Yeah.
0: And we also got some Aunt Jemima pancakes.
1: We did. Jemima's. Yeah, we got uh, important imagery from the that's time that... That's proving
2: again that they... That's proving what? No, that's proving again that, that that race brand took forever to fucking change their marketing until, what was it again, this year? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Two months ago? they Two yep. months
3: ago they realized, oh wow... This might be
2: racist.
1: I this know. After after the movies, <laughs> imitation of life, etc., like you would have thought. But no. But it's important imagery nonetheless uh, because it, it showed us, you know, exactly what was in everyone's face to sort of, in essence, put black people in their place. Whether it's the imagery in the ads, uh, the way uh, that man uh you know, acting like a monkey and all that type ga- of stuff. The yeah, the gas station dude. Um, The the housing advertisement. Like, it was just, it, you know, their... The
0: housing advertisement, let me tell you, that mm-hmm. I
1: absolutely love.
0: The one with all the, 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 with the family in the car. Yes. Yeah, and in front of the bus stop where all the black people are standing there waiting on the bus.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. But in essence, it's, you know, it's how it was. It was white America, you know, telling black people to stay in their place. You know, there are two Americas. There's the white America, and then there's the black America. You know, the one that has the coloreds only sign. You know, it, it was just um, that image at the ice cream shop. You know, the white people, the the white um servers at the ice cream shop doting over the white customers and you know you have the black customers waiting until mm-hmm. uh, the white servers feel like serving them absolutely absolutely yeah so, and and I'll james baldwin's words said, well uh, we'll just he's... just to put a cap on it, and james baldwin's words like over it you know talking about america for black people and, and then showing us the um, all these um, Americana images of you know just the two worlds.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the, the I, I'm that point is brought home later, and because I'm I'm going to come back to that very point that you just said. Um. So before we get to the to the diner, I want to ask Priscilla. So you said that you were unfamiliar with uh sundown towns until this episode mm-hmm yep um so when you saw the sign what did you say oh you think?
2: my god i was so pissed off <laughs> i was like are you serious don't let the door hit you on the way out just basically oh my god all of this this whole just i don't know this episode just kept hitting you with the. It wasn't just the South that was racist; everywhere was racist. This, it was just a pervasive theme everywhere. And it, what I, I was thinking, like, are we back in Kentucky? No, we're in Massachusetts, where supposedly, like, if you read your u.s history books the way they teach them this time like no after after the civil war everything was better and the north was the side of good and everything was hunky dory there it was just the south that was full of hicks no if that's not the case and i don't know just the, sun, the Sundown Town thing was just, it's a scary thought to not be able to stay in one place or to be able to get your gas and to think, okay, I have to stay here and get my gas, but be able to leave and know that if, sun, if the sun goes down, I'm going to be in trouble with the cops. So I need to haul ass and get the hell out of here. And mm-hmm. there's sundown counties? Jesus.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's... And there still are.
3: I was gonna say that there's a few TikTokers that I follow, and one of them, he he's like this like country white dude. and he I follow think, him
0: too. I yeah, know exactly he's so who you're funny, talking about.
3: <sighs> but he goes to a list of uh, places that are sundown towns that you may not know. And he specifically is tar- you know, talking to people who A, have not had that part of their history that they had to learn. B, people who are traveling to do protesting in this time and era because some downtowns are very, very real and very, very scary. There's a couple near where I live. And um, one of them is called Viter. And Viter is just very, everyone knows on both Texas and Louisiana, everyone knows that Vider um, is a place that you just don't want to go after dark. And if you can avoid stopping there even in the daylight, you should. And so when we travel from Louisiana, from Texas to Louisiana, we know which towns not to stop in if we need to get gas. And we strategically plan our trip. This is before GPS, girl. You just, you strategically plan your trip not to stop at that house because you know that nothing good will come of it. And I remember my car breaking down in Vider one time and I hyperventilated. I stayed in my car. I didn't have, you know, I had no way to call anybody. I had to wait for a tow truck. You know, back then you just wait for a tow truck to pass and then they see a disabled car, they will pull over and help you. I had to wait and I had to wait, I want to say about four hours. Because my mom was like, she should have been there already. She drove from Texas, from Houston, to come see where I was, and that's how she found me. Other than that, I I had no way to. I mean, like, it wasn't like I could. Like, I was close enough to a town, but I couldn't judge because I had no GPS. I couldn't judge where whether I was close to fighter or if I had passed fighter because I hadn't been paying attention, and so. Stuff like that is so real, and it's so much a part of African-American lives. We don't even think about it as a weird thing. And here in 2020, realizing so many people not knowing about it is just scary. What were you saying,
0: I say just as a survival thing, I've been following on TikTok, I've been following a number of people who do the van to home conversions because they want to get the van and travel and everything and you know my first thought is oh that would be great i would love to do that and see the country but i'm a six foot five black man i cannot Mm -hmm.
1: i can't do that you need an rv what'd you say jeffrey you need an rv you can't you can't have the van it's not about the oh no no i know i'm I'm teasing about your size
0: it's about my, yeah, it's about endangering my life because all yeah. it takes is one time for me to stop in the wrong city overnight for y'all to lose me.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is just the realness of it. I have been talking to my kids about it. Um, my partner lives in a place called Colleen, Texas. It's right outside of Fort Hood. And I remember as a kid, my mom saying, like, Colleen is not a great place. You shouldn't go there. I never really thought anything of it. And um, recently, as the whole Black Lives Matter thing started happening, Colleen was in the news again because people wanted to remind you that, hey, Colleen literally means kill each and every nigger. That was the reason they named that place Colleen. And it has now been, you know, mixed. It's more, um, more Black people that live there. But when you think about the history of a town that is outside of a, uh, an army base that is named for a confederate general. Mm. You just got to think what the heck this is
0: real. What what were y'all trying to tell us?
3: Thank you. Please. It was basically, I dare you to move here.
0: So our next great point is the diner. And I'm sure Jeffrey has been waiting for this thing. The justice fan that you are because, this was her moment to shine on the
1: trip. Yeah, Journey? Oh, yeah.
0: I'm sorry, Journey. Journey. Yeah. Jesse. Well, There's there one named Justice, right?
1: Uh, No, Jesse, Not Justice. Oh, okay. There's Jussie. <laughs> There's... Because so they all do that same thing where it's all Jay. It's all Jay. There's Jake. There's Jazz. Yes, I know about the Smollett's. Um, okay. But Journey, yeah. yes. Jo- oh, no. God. It I'm was... Yes, but J- journey was fantastic. Um, everything about it was really interesting. I knew shit was gonna hit the fan just based off of the reaction of the white people. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if George is right about this place because George
0: knew he George knew he was not right about the place.
1: Yes, but he was still like, you know, we gotta, I gotta do the research, you know, if, because he is in essence a superhero of the time, you know, he is someone that's going out there and he's doing the research in essence to save people's lives, you know. Yes. We, we already know. Well,
0: I, think it, I, think it was, mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was definitely that, because that's why he's out there. But I think at some point, here's the thing, at some point you just get fed up. At some point, you just say, mm, I want to eat, and I'm not getting back in that car. Yeah. Tonight. And I think that's where he was, because he had that whole speech about, you're a veteran, and I'm this, and we got money, and we're American Yeah, citizens, we're Americans, and we, we have money. We wrong, and they need to feed us.
1: Yeah. So I think it was a little bit of everything. And uh, we could tell the little dude was already skittish. And so when uh, when Letty went to use the restroom, whether well she did go to use the restroom. So as she was leaving the restroom, and she was listening to him, and realizing that there was a problem, because clearly the boy didn't know what he was what he needed to do. He just knew that he didn't want to get in trouble like. The previous owner, because apparently the previous owner was allowing black people to, uh, be, uh, patrons of, uh, what was that? Like a, like a diner, soda shop mm-hmm. type of thing. And this young dude, uh, uh, based off of what we, what we're learning, I mean, clearly the, the woman, I would assume they killed her. They certainly burned down her establishment and, uh, they... Gave it to a new owner, another white person in the town that was not going to be serving black people, and so Letty knew immediately was what was going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, Atticus was figuring it out, at, like basically at the same time that Letty was actually getting the direct information.
0: I love the lesson that we got on why the White House is white. Yes, I didn't know that.
1: I did not but it was an interesting it was an interesting and important history lesson and then Absolutely. when she was like we need to get the fuck out like it was so suspenseful it was beautifully shot because i i feel like i mean it, unless you don't have a heart like you, i was worried for these characters and, like, I didn't want any of them to, to get shot. I didn't want any of them to get caught. Because who the fuck knows what would have happened to them. So I, I was worried for them. Like, we just met these characters, but I I needed them to survive. Because that shit was hella suspenseful.
0: Priscilla, were you surprised when it went down like it went down? Uh, the,
2: I knew it was going to go down the way it went down when they entered the establishment and the other white guy in the, that was in there left. I, like, oh I, I, As soon as he did that, I was like, oh, okay. He doesn't want to be part of the trouble that's about to go down. And it's gonna happen. It's just... It, oh, God. As soon as that happened, I was like, shit. Why are they staying here? They gotta go. They gotta go. And I'm asking
0: you this because I'm about to ask you something very specific. And I already know. The, I already know. Veneta was not. Were you surprised when the fire truck showed up?
2: Yes, cause oh my god, like it's weird how like okay, um, I'm gonna bring up like an like a tweet that that goes around. Like people people um say fuck the police, but they never say fuck the fire department. But apparently they should cuz even the fire department was fucking racist back then and <laughs> and comes up often jesus what the hell
0: you know the guys in the black truck were the ones that they passed by that were sitting outside the fire department when they drove mm-hmm. into the
2: city yeah with the dog with the dog yeah jesus like they 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 had that scene just to have the viewer kind of categor- catalog that in their head and ha- keep that in there as like, there's danger in this town. And later bring it up to say, there's danger in this town. And it's directed now straight at the characters.
0: Lanetta, did you have anything about the whole diner, fire truck, runway, runaway scene?
3: Well, I just, was, I didn't scream because people were asleep when I was watching this, but I was like, get your ass up get your ass up. You know you know what you're saying is bullshit. Get your ass up. When she heard the information, I was like, see, get your ass up. When he, you know, gave his history lesson, get your ass up. When she said, get your ass up, says, we gotta leave. He finally got his ass up. I'm like, why didn't he listen to me? I could have saved him. That was the whole conversation that happened to me while I was watching. But I know people like that Um that are just tired of giving in and mm-hmm. just are like you know this is the stand this is where i'm gonna make my stand you know what maybe now is not the right time to make that stand <laughs> maybe we could pick another time
0: maybe i'll come back and make that stand later
3: really let's let's be alive to make the stand
0: and also george is a little um um misogynistic a little bit yeah
3: yeah.
0: I was you're running for your life and you don't have a lot of time and you tell somebody who's driving the car to get out of the driver's seat to let you drive.
1: When well, you I literally
3: how she dropped all the f on him too. <laughs>
1: yeah. But Letty she experienced that a lot throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh she wasn't down for any of that. I loved it cuz they all, they kept on trying to um with the misogyny to um, call her out her name or not use her name. And she was like, no, no, no. I'm Letitia. I'm Letty. And I really like that. Uh, that It was a good uh, character beat for, for her.
0: Um, Silver Sedan. So. We don't mm-hmm. actually get any more information about the Silver Sedan other than it's English made.
1: And there's the, a lady uh, in it. Because what? No, i saying, and there's a lady in it.
0: And there's a lady in it, yes. A blonde-haired, blue-eyed lady.
1: And Mm -hmm. it's got a force field. Or something.
0: It's got something, yeah. So George made a very interesting decision after that happened. (laughs) He (laughs) decided that the next time he went out, he wanted his wife to go with him. Now, I know they had this conversation earlier before he left Chicago where she said she wanted to go, she could go in his place or go with him, and he told her how dangerous it was. And it is clearly, they have, they have gone through greatness to show us just how dangerous his line of work is. I didn't understand, and maybe somebody else does, what was it that made him decide that the next time he went out, he should take her with him?
3: Um, I think he saw Letty. He saw Ooh. Letty being a capable woman. And he thought about it from the standpoint of, you know what? This is somebody I don't even know. And she had my back. I know that Hippolyta would have my back a lot more than that. You know, like, I think that's what I took from it. And maybe I'm just like... You
0: know. I had not thought about that. That's entirely possible. Yeah, I thought
3: Priscilla. about it in that way, too. No,
2: I I thought about it in that way, too. I thought I thought that it kind of symbolized him seeing Hippolyta through Le- Letty's eyes and seeing maybe the, fir- maybe the last time that he was by himself, he got his knees shattered. And this time he didn't get hurt, even though the stakes were just as high. So if he had his wife with him, maybe he wouldn't get hurt as often and maybe she wouldn't get hurt and maybe they would... Like watch each other's backs in the street. Thank you both for that because
0: I didn't look at it that way, but now I do. Makes perfect sense to me. Uh, Okay, so we get to Marcus's house. We find out about we we hear about you know Letty not showing up for the funeral again. Um, But Tick and Marcus also have a family moment where you find out that there is some stress between the two of them also that you have not seen up until this point. And this is old family stress. This, this isn't something new and fresh. This is something that's, that's apparently been bubbling beneath the surface for years.
3: So did anybody else notice the weirdness when George was, um, he was on his phone. I mean, he was on the phone called his wife, um, very brief conversation, and then gets off the phone, and then he looks at this photograph that is obviously not Hippolyta.
0: I saw that, but I thought that was her. I thought that was a younger
3: picture of her. It didn't look like her. It didn't look like an even, like a DH photograph of her.
0: I mean, you could be very right.
3: Because he he tensed up twice, when Tick was talking about his mother and he looked really, really nervous about like, I don't know why your, your dad can't just leave that alone. He should have forgotten about it. It seemed like there was something else there. And I was wondering if that was a picture.
0: Back of, when they were in the back when they were in the garage and he mentioned yes. his mother. Yes. George did. up. You think maybe George was hitting that on the side?
3: I think he knows more than he's letting on about Tick's mom. And so that could be part of it. Maybe he's Tick's real dad. There's always come some kind of drama like that. It looked like the whole family lived together anyway.
0: Which was <laughs> very common back then. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get some answers more. It's yes, uh, just questions like a, a Russian doll. Questions inside of questions inside of questions. So, our third act brings us to Devon County, where we are driving back and forth looking for a bridge in a county, which we find out, according to the sheriff, with a huge body count, um, is a sundown county, and he's just racist. I mean, I'm sure somebody at home loves him and cherishes him and everything, but he's just... They didn't even try. He's just... I mean, I don't understand why he didn't just get out the car wearing a white sheet.
1: He practically was.
3: <laughs> yeah. Because he can only wear one uniform at a time.
0: So he threatens our band of heroes, drives them into a trap. Trap on top of trap. Um, Do we... Do we th- First of all, do we think that they are actual... There's actual a band of gypsies running around out there stealing no, things.
1: No, that's why people make up a lot of shit.
0: They do. They absolutely do. I just I was just curious if if they were really looking for thieves or if this just what they were telling themselves? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. No, they made decision. They made a decision. That that they were going to kill these black people. Yeah.
1: yeah. It was before before we move on. Just that entire sequence was a horror movie by itself. Like, we already had the horror movie of them escaping the diner. Like, this one, how it was shot, how it was edited, how it was paced, was horrific in the best way possible. Like, it was just so suspenseful, and it it just... The idea that they can't speed, you know, it's like this man and just the system. I mean, let's just be honest. It isn't this man that has created this system. I mean, it's, it's white privilege. It's white supremacy. It's a system that, uh, that treats one skin tone better than the other. And so there are all these rules in place. You know, the begging for the U-turn, the, uh, you know, well, you know, if, if you go to the south, you're not going to make it. Oh, you know, what well, maybe you'll make it if you go to the north. So it's like all of these hurdles that they have to overcome, and you're just worried as the viewer of, like, when that sun goes down, we all know exactly what's going to go down. And so you're you're in the car with them, and then they make it out the county. And at least I did. I breathed a sigh of relief. But then to see, no matter what they would have done, they were going to get caught anyway. They were waiting for them. It, it was, as you said, Derek, it was a trap. But I, man, that was just... It was beautifully shot and, and just beautifully expressed on film. And... Uh, You know, as I mentioned at the start, when I was giving my my initial reaction, the show is unapologetically black. I mean, it's showing us exactly what it was like, and and there are so many films and uh, television productions out there that take place in the 1950s or even earlier. But because they are written and adapted or whatever from white narratives, you know, they usually have the white savior. And so Mm -hmm. it's, you know, they always have the white savior to make the white white people feel good about themselves. Like there was someone out there that was fighting against the slavery. There was someone out there that wasn't down with uh, the racism. And as Priscilla stated, you know, this is the North. You know, we're all taught that the North was good, the South was bad, and you know it, it, that was not the case. You know there it was it was a city by city, county by by county, state by state sort of situation.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um,
3: Veneta, That was a very scary part for me, and my ass cheeks were clenched the entire time, and. Again.
1: Thank the heavens I, you did not have I think a bean that Jordan dinner.
3: Jordan Peel was just rude.
0: <laughs> and I know why you hate Jordan Peel, because Jordan Peel gives you actual horror, not made up horror. I
3: I don't I get really emotional <laughs> because I've been in that place before where you're trying to drive not too fast but fast mm-hmm. enough to get your ass out of the sundown town. And it is it is a horror like nothing. No animal, no goblins, no vampires. You can create all of those. I think the the part of me that didn't want to watch this was triggered in that moment because that was where the fear was. And when they were made to get out of the car and walk into the woods, all I could think is, please let monsters come eat them. So in theory, when the thing happened... And you know, all of what other people think of as horror is happening, I'm thinking, thank God. Thank God something is you saving to, them in this you moment. Got
0: to with.
3: Yes. The thing that Jordan is very good at honing in on is the different types of fear. The reason why his things are are his projects are um talked about so radically different in different communities is because the fear that he taps into for us is very different than the fear he taps into for other people. Yeah. Absolutely. But he knows us. He's like telling our secrets and exposing that fear in a way that I just think is rude. It's just rude. But yeah, it, I was, um, I was very suspended. I was very worried about them in that moment.
0: Until the show got f- showed up.
3: I was so happy eat their asses until I find out how they become shoguts and I was like god dang we can't win for losing
1: yes but I do want to because I know we're giving a lot of love to Jordan Peele but mm-hmm. we should really be giving love to Misha Green because Jordan Peele is an executive producer but Misha Green is the person that she has works. been writing all of the episodes so uh, just want to give props to Misha Green
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well then she's on my list too now.
1: I know she's on my list too. She she did um (laughs) underground. Uh so I'm she's on my list of people to go and look and see what she's been
0: doing.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay, well there you go.
0: Most definitely Jeffrey, I think you and Vanetta have two very different lists. My
1: list is I need to see everything she's done because This was brilliant.
0: Uh, So the cabin. The Shogos attacks. Um, We have Tick and Tisha in the cabin. Um, Uncle George has been knocked over.
1: I was worried for Uncle George. Um,
0: Hey, look. Uncle George still survived, so. um,
1: I was worried for Uncle George.
0: um, And we have the sheriff and one of his deputies. In the cabin with us. Blaming white black folk again. And my favorite line is. Monsters don't exist.
1: Said the monster.
0: Said the monster. Monsters don't exist. And it's a whole thing about. You seeing a reality that I. you, You not seeing a reality. Or not wanting to see a reality that clearly exists.
3: They could have substituted the word monsters with the word racism, with the word sexism, mm-hmm. with the word like any of the isms and it still works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even with even with the monster even though the monsters have eaten
3: half, half your of shoulders.
0: your half your force. Half your police force already.
1: All of your arm.
0: And have taken a no out of your arm. All of, your, all of your whiteness still comes out when they make the plan to go get the car with the lights and all of that. And you tell Tick he can't go because you might – because you, you're a smart one. You might smarten up and try to leave us because you've decided that he don't care about the other people. Even though he has been on and on about this thing about finding his uncle, you have decided that he would leave because that's what you would do because if you Mm -hmm. make it to the car you ain't coming
2: back what i liked about this scene Mm -hmm. was seeing the fact that um even though there's monsters even though they have something a target that they should be like they should have the guns pointed at the door to like make sure that a monster isn't going to go in through there they should have the gun pointed at the guy who's changing into a monster right before their eyes like they 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 have targets for their gun they're pointing it at the black people
1: mm-hmm. what yes. the fuck cuz racism never dies you you might be scared shitless but you ain't going to forget about your racism
0: no your racism trumps everything
1: else yeah because if they would have had the story gone a different way And had, uh, let's say, the man had not turned, you know, the monster that says there are no monsters didn't turn into an even bigger monster. Uh, Had they all gone to the car, the white people would have left them. And they would have been shit out of luck. The white people might have even killed them and took the car. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the racism trumps, uh, trumps, and whenever I say trumps now, it just, you know, the irony of life. Um, but the racism <laughs> trumps uh, everything else.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, your your favorite character saves the day, though.
1: Yeah, she ran. She ran for her life. Not to quote Sweet Brown, you know, she didn't have the bronchitis. Thank the heavens! But she ran. Oh my God! Again, suspenseful. Another suspenseful moment. Uh, I I think I saw a tweet saying that um that she had her Usain Bolt moment, which was awesome. Oh, my God. She made it. And that, oh, can we talk about the Shogun for half a second? Because sure. this, we've got to remember, this is a TV show. And, yes, it's HBO. So, you know, we're used to the Game of Thrones and the dragons and all that kind of stuff. But it is, it's still a TV show. And the way that they created this creature, which was out of a feature film, the amount of detail, the amount of... Uh, as fantastical as this beast is, seemed very real. And uh, just, you know, her experience with it, the, the, the fact that we got to see all these close-ups with her journey of getting to the car, uh, was just visually spectacular what a feast for the eyes that this team of VFX people did with this creature it it was just so good but as Veneta sort of um, wisely referenced you know after seeing all of the disgusting horrors of the racism You know, I mean, this creature was like nothing. I mean, I just hope that our people sort of made it out alive. But how they made it out alive, I didn't really necessarily care because everything else was just so horrific, period. And in essence, I mean, the creature was there. Well, the creatures, because there were so many of them, were there to save our people. Yeah. Yeah, Although not really, because, I mean, they would have eaten them. But... um, but at least at that moment, uh, before, but would
4: they?
1: I don't know. I think they would have. And and Mama Creature sort of called her uh, pack. I but don't know how shogas work.
3: The whistle happens, and then they go away.
1: Was it the Mama Creature? Is it? I have a theory about maybe it's something else They called well, them we away. We don't know
3: what it was, but all I'm saying is the whistle happened. Yeah. After. All of the white characters have been consumed. But it's only by luck that
0: none of our heroes died. It is by luck.
1: Because they were getting attacked.
0: They they were after Tisha. Hard.
1: Chogas, you know, they don't see the color of the skin. They just see meat. They
0: just see a meal. Yeah. And possibly, you know, a brother or a sister.
1: Yeah, you know.
3: I like how when um, Uncle George is trying to get the um, flashlight. Was... We <laughs> call him the hero. Well, Jeffrey called him the hero. But in that moment, I think he shit his Probably. pants.
1: Probably. Like well, was no, naked. I call him a hero for the work he's doing. I think he's a liability when it comes to going up against these creatures because I'm very worried for his health. Uh, because, you know, I am not trying to get an episode where Uncle George dies and then we have to mourn him. I would love for him to be alive with Hippolyta and we get more answers to Vanetta's paternity questions. Maybe Maury can come in. How old was he in 1954? Maybe he was still doing <laughs> paternity tests. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to George. No, I can't none wait of to us. See,
3: um, my, what is his name? The father.
1: Oh, love. um... Montrose. Montrose. Montrose, thank you.
3: Montrose is the the rainbow flag area of Houston. Kind of like, um, you know, the Belmont area is in Chicago. Well, I was going to say,
0: Montrose Beach is where all the rainbow people hang out. On the lakefront. The,
3: the whole street here in Houston. People say, oh, I live on Montrose, and you're like, oh, you're creative, and you may be queer. Awesome. Having his name be Montrose just made me giggle every time they said it.
0: (laughs) So our trio survives the night, and the next day, they take the long walk where they find the bridge and everything that they were looking for, and they come upon the mansion. Where a and they had a
3: what the and a what the fuck look on their faces when they <laughs> came to it
0: because that was a, that was a big ass house that joint was huge and before we can knock we get a blonde hair blue eyed white man that answers the door with a welcome home and then they just leave us like wrong so yeah because this really <laughs> should been two episodes they really should have done two episodes that first night.
2: My god, they look so bedraggled going to the, the front. They look like war had passed to them. Bloody. <laughs> and this guy took it without batting an eye. He's like, "Welcome home."
0: <laughs> they had fought both monsters and um monsters. Racism and monsters. So, was there anything anybody else wanted to discuss before we moved on?
1: Well, my only problem with the ending, it wasn't... uh, I mean, clearly we all want more, so uh, enough said with that. But my whole thing was, so it it just cuts to the day and they found uh, the bridge. And that, for some reason, bothered me. Like, I wish... Because
0: they've been looking for it the whole day before.
1: Yeah, well, not that, but it's just... I wish we would have seen them more so stumble upon the bridge versus them walking directly towards the bridge. I don't know. It was just maybe like an editing thing that bugged me about it. Because it just seemed like, where did it come from? How did they know where to find it? If there had been just maybe a couple little cutaway shots of them, you know, sort of peering over and like pointing and looking confused. Like, you know, it just seemed like they knew where the bridge was. And they had to spend the whole day before looking for it. And it was, I don't know. That's just one thing that bugged me about the end. It seemed like they that. rushed that.
3: I didn't see it that way. I saw it as, like, when the police came upon them, they had taken to foot to, to walk and look for the bridge because he said he knew it should be around there somewhere. And so when all that happened, they were only about... Three or four miles from where they had started, mm-hmm. based on you know the cop and all that crap that had happened, and then being um, ambushed in the next county, so my thought process was, huh, I wonder if he was right, you know they lost their car, they're walking they're they're now looking not necessarily for the bridge, but just a place to stop you know like they i didn't i didn't see that they were still looking as much for the bridge but they were just looking for something for some civilization and happened upon the bridge so maybe maybe i just read it differently
0: and maybe we'll get that explanation next week
3: hopefully
2: i'm just hoping that the whole death flags that Uncle George was throwing out everywhere with the whole Um I'm, I'm so close to retirement thing Thank with <laughs>
1: with
2: with him being like, Yeah, we can we can we can go together then in the next trip. Like I hope that is a red herring and it's not actually true and he's gonna live to a ripe old age forever. 'Cause he's interesting to watch and I would like to see the whole trope of the old wise black man living be mm. like done right. And he not, doesn't like, have
0: to die so the hero can rise up.
3: Yes. Exactly. Well I am mm. hoping I that everybody to
0: survives.
3: Except racists The races can die. Well I there are neither
0: say, Yes.
3: I just want to say that um, I very much enjoy Mr. Bassett's work. I told my kids this the other day. They were like, (laughs) mom, you can't call him Mr. Bassett. I'm like, he is always going to be my wife. He knows who he is. He knows knows who he's he's married to. I decided that the B in Courtney B. Vance stands for Bassett. So. (laughs)
0: Courtney Bassett Vance. (laughs) He knows who he's married to.
3: Uh, fun time.
0: alright so uh, let us see who the MVP of this episode is state which character impressed you throughout the episode and why once a character has been chosen they cannot be selected again so choose wisely I am mixing up names in the basket and priscilla is first
2: yay i'm going to pick i'm sorry jeffrey but i'm going to pick Letitia because my god with that ace driving with her relationship with her sister with us even though that there- Tick is the main character still wanting to know her backstory and being like shut up shut up shut up I want to know more about your story Tick go back over there find out more about what's going on with her like as a viewer like you're like she's got a magnetic presence about her the actress is stunning and just amazing and is good at what she does and I'm hoping to see more from her so
3: definitely Letitia
0: Okay. And next up is
3: Veneta. I think my MVP is going to be Tick. I like how calm under pressure he was, how he was just like, you know, that's okay. I got a gun in my, in my rucksack here. I Just pull that out. Um, he was shooting at folks and. He was like, somebody going to catch this bullet today. I wish he sh- he was a better shot, but it's hard to drive, and, I mean, to shoot in a moving vehicle. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed him, and I can't wait to,
1: to get more into his character.
0: And Jeffrey, with your MVP?
1: Yes. Letitia was not my MVP, just in Oh. Uh-huh. Yes. Derek is the one that said that she's my favorite. I did enjoy her, but I actually said who my favorite was earlier and that's who i'm going to give the mvp to um oh,
2: wow it wasn't
1: stolen yes uh, i'm going to give it to ruby i really liked ruby a lot i think uh as an actor i thought she was she was incredibly captivating much like uh priscilla said about uh journey um i, I loved her singing i loved the the little bit that we got between her and uh and letty and I'm uh, I'm really fascinated to see where that goes. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything, so uh, I... she was someone that I noticed immediately. She has presence to her, and uh, I'm intrigued to see what they're gonna do with this character. To see a little bit more about uh, the sister dynamic, maybe see her dynamic with the town once we return. So I'm really fascinated to see more about Ruby. So I'm going to give it to her. Okay. Can I
3: can I say Go where ahead. she's from? What else she was in?
1: Tell me. Yes. Yeah.
3: She is. She plays Inspector Halliday in Luther. Oh. If you're an Idris yeah. Alba fan, she plays Inspector Halliday. She's a British actress, and she's been in a lot of like British movies and things. Yes, yeah,
1: she's a, she's. But, uh, I do remember reading she's of African descent. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: And I, I just think I fell in love with her as Inspector Halliday and was like oh Luther. Anyway.
1: I've always meant to see Luther, she so to
0: to see that. She was also in, in an episode of Black Mirror.
1: Oh nice. She sure was. I need she to was. hear her with her natural British accent.
3: Oh my god, you you would just like be excited. It's it's so much better. That's why I was like
1: She's wow, got a very convincing like American accent. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah.
0: Alright, well, my MVP are uh, the Shoggoth. Because <laughs> really? they showed up in the nick of time.
1: Poor Uncle George. And they
0: didn't eat the black people. And they could have eaten the black people. They wanted to eat the black people. But they didn't do it.
1: Okay, they're very nice.
0: I don't know about nice, but, you know, we caught a break finally.
1: Mm. They just wanted some white meat. They don't know that also, there's, they don't know that the there's flavor in the brown. They were a lot
3: more smart about it than, than the other folks were. I yeah. mean, they the, were being really loud and obnoxious when the black folks said to be quiet. You don't tell me what to do. Okay. Uh, you go ahead.
0: You might go out there and lead them back here. Mm, all this yelling and screaming you do is going to lead them back here. Plus they already know we're here. But you know, again, People of color in general are better able to accept reality because we have to live in it. We don't get to delude ourselves. So, With that, we are going to rate this puppy. How would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10
2: keys?
0: The point system is allowed if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than 10. You may grant it the coveted golden key. Now we know, I myself might give one of those out a season.
1: Because you're a cheap bastard. Yeah, so I'm going to go
0: on reverse order. So (laughs) Jeffrey, you go first.
1: (laughs) I love that you just said yes. Uh, Well, if you're a cheap bastard, I'm the type of bastard that goes to Costco and buys in bulk. I can't even believe I'm doing this in the first one. I'm giving it a golden key. I know. I'm a horrible human being. It was just so good, Derek. It was so good. You're judging me. Maybe the others are too. I will look away. So I don't have to look at your judgy faces as I say, it was just so good. I mean, Priscilla fucking called it the best pilot she's ever seen in her life. It was it was so good. I mean, it was a movie. It was it was suspenseful. It was horrific. It was real as fuck. It was black as fuck. It was spectacular. It was a visual splendor. I hope that I'm convincing some of y'all to do a golden key so it's not just me. And so Derek can judge all of us. But it it was just so good. I mean, there's just nothing else. And I know... I mean, I know your line of thinking, Derek. It's like, if you give the golden, well, what can you do next? But you can still give another golden. I don't know. It was golden. You absolutely can It was a golden. It was spectacular. It is a rewatchable pilot, a rewatchable episode. It was just so good. And it was so good... Even the uncomfortable parts, and I think we as Americans, and and when I say we as Americans, I mean white people, they do not like to be uncomfortable, and I feel like we all need to take white people and sit them in front of a giant TV screen and show them Lovecraft Country. Much like I said on a different uh, podcast, they all need to watch Bamboozled. Spikely joint, they all need to watch Lovecraft Country uh, because all these Pollyanna movies like The Help and all that other shit that they like to watch where they're white saviors they need to watch the nitty and the gritty of what it was really like because the history books clearly aren't teaching that shit so that was just my little uh, soapbox moment but yes uh, A Golden Key Okay, Vanetta.
3: I'm going to give it eight keys. I think it was really good. Um, It was really scary and very suspenseful for me. And, um, grr, but it was good.
2: So okay. eight keys for me. All right, Priscilla. Definitely. To, took the cat right out of the bag when he mentioned when, when he mentioned the, when he re-mentioned the fact that I said that it was the best pilot I've ever seen I have to give it a golden key because of that like it's just my god it taught me something which pilots never do TV so stupid nowadays that it doesn't educate the masses at all and it doesn't I don't know like it doesn't do anything it doesn't move you and this series, even though it's fantasy even though it's horror it moved me it gave me emotions it made me feel things while watching this series and it was beautiful and horrible at the same time it was just everything to watch and I loved it, I have to give it a golden key it was just everything
0: okay I would love to give it a golden key but I can't, because it is the pilot episode, and I need some place to go up. Um, I'm going to give it nine. I'm going to give it nine keys. Um, it, was, it, it, it was everything everybody said. It was super informative. Um, it was entertaining. It told truths. It, it, it used light to blow out lies. And I liked seeing old Chicago, because I grew up in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago, actually. Um, and I actually talked to my mom a little bit about what it was like in that era in Chicago. Um, so a lot of the stuff that she just remembered, they got right. She won't ever watch this, but yeah. She 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 nailed it. Um It'll be very interesting to see if they introduce a character named Two-Gun Pete, since they're doing the South Side of Chicago. Oh, my God! So, those of you who don't know Two-Gun Pete, look him up. He was a real person.
1: Yeah, we'll have to Google him. Uh, speaking of Googling, um, they briefly mentioned Anna. the uh, it, it was a town, or was it a county? Anna County? About the, the woman who... Um, they said she was a witch because she slept with the black man who was yes that that's real like i i googled that and that was real that was a real life thing and uh yeah they incorporated it was a small moment in the show but it was something that i had never heard of before and i i googled it and i was like oh that's real wow they accused her of being so a witch sex. because she slept.
3: Blackness to definitely get you killed.
1: Yeah, because she had sex with a black man. And they said that yeah. he was a he was a demon. He was the devil. He was the devil. In disguise. So they accused her of being a witch. And you know what happened to her. Wow. <sighs> and on that note, as we end this
0: week's journey into Lovecraft, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
4: Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on air personality? Email talent at Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Greetings from Lovecraft Country and subscribe. Thanks, announcer.
0: My
1: co-hosts, please
0: wish the listeners a good night.
4: Good night, everybody.
3: Good night, everybody.
1: Be safe, everyone. Remember to pack a flashlight.
0: Thanks for tuning in Download new episodes of Greetings from Lovecraft's Country every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papi Chulo Radio Archives. This is Derek Anthony wishing you a good night.
1: I wonder if Kim Kardashian's a witch.
0: Mm. My mother actually calls them the witches. <laughs>